This is it. This is it. Check one. Check two. Check 87 and plus 43. We're going to do it. This is it. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. With your host, me, Rob Cantrell. Oh, yeah. I'm back at it. Drinking more coffee just for you uh and smoking a little bit of herb and talking about life um comedy music um legalization meditation uh caffeination uh, i got a nice cup of coffee i'm at the end of my french press as you know i'm a big snob uh i like uh not a huge snob not i'm snobby about as you get older, I'm just, I know what I like. I know what the good shit is, all right? I'm not saying I know everything, but I know what coffee I like, and I like changing it up. I like sampling everything. Um, but I do have a really good bag of, uh, this person was from Michigan, a wife, uh, my wife's friend sent me like five bags of coffee. So shout out to Rock, Paper, Scissors, this store in Ann Arbor. And they sent me a bag of whole beans. I love whole beans. Zingerman's Mocha Java is what I'm drinking today. Zingerman's uh, coffee. It is dark and earthy with hints of blueberry whole bean. Medium roast. Good Lord. Um, but I got a nice cup of coffee. I got this uh, porcelain. I just got a, a porcelain cup. Something good about porcelain, toilets, sinks. Um, there's something clean and calming about it. But uh, I, we, I have these. There's no lettering. There's, it's just super simple. When I'm trying to be as simple as possible, when I try to be as straight up as possible, I just have my cup of coffee in this. Usually, I have a big, a clay thing that has like Brooklyn writing. It looks like you know that Welcome to the Five Boroughs uh, illustration. Um, Beastie Boy album illustration. A lot of people bit that style. I don't know. There is that artist that was doing like that black and white pencil style art. I saw that kind of uh, that album cover is amazing. If you want to check out a cool album cover of New York City, one of the most probably probably the one of the top five albums about New York is Welcome to the Five Boroughs, or it's called the Five Boroughs, Beastie Boys. But it's got, it, that's a great, great fucking just put the whole fucking thing on type of shit. Mm, Zingerman's. Michigan, what's up? Big glove, high five. This is some bomb-ass coffee. Um, And then I cleaned out my... Uh, I am cleaned out my uh, my chillum. Now, I had two chillum at a grab. Chillum. And then I got this other one that has the original Space Invaders that I dig. Like, <laughs> I just dig the original Space Invaders where they're just stacked, remember, and, and they just work their way down. So it's got that illustration. But this bad boy, I loved it so much. It's a great Chillum and it has this like nub at the side. Um, but it was clogged up, man. It just had a lot of <laughs> the quarantine is, uh, you know, Ja Rastafari. Uh, a lot of people went to drinking, 
A lot of people went to exercise. I did mad stretches, meditation, podcasting, coffee drinking, and cannabis cannabis consumption. But no, I, I got a clean piece. As anybody knows, if you're a hardcore stoner, it's nice when your pipes are clean. And that's the one thing about smoking is all the bullshit that you got to keep up with. And I try to keep it really simple. I got it down to like one to two chillums. I'm about to throw the other chillum away. So I just have one simple chillum. And then I have some sour diesel. And it's at the, I got a good amount, but it's at the very end. So it's all crust is I like it. It's all the shake, as they say. And then I have um, this I can't, uh, last year, uh, last episode, Lancashire, Lancashire, <laughs> Lancashire. I kept on pronouncing it wrong. Caleb, uh, my good guys at Lancashire Hemp. Um, I love that podcast. I loved uh, catching up with uh, and learning about hemp and learning about farming. And I'm really excited about it. Like I've been grinding up this and it's great. This Lanc uh, Lancashire um, hemp flower. Um, Lancaster Hemp Farms, Lancashire. Yeah, you got to check this hemp out. This is tangerine or tangier. I forget. That's like a high end. Um, this is premium flower, but its CBD is 1127. So I've been crushing up like this classic sour diesel, you know, um, bag from my man in New York type of shit. Like I love sour diesel. Like I don't know. People are debating whether strains are real or not, but I could tell if it's uh, some real sour diesel because you could tell when it's real sour diesel if you want to start rapping like uh, a 90s rapper. That's what I always do. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it has a really good creative um, buzz to it. Um, and it, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I wrote a lot of those original coffee and weed rhymes. I've done a, a lot of little rap joints through my comedy career and i always would rely on um some good sour diesel so i have some sour diesel grounded up finely grounded up with some uh lancashire tangier hemp flour straight cbd so you know that that and then i cleaned out my pipe because it was just resonated. There was like, I don't know, it was just dark death. Gollum was hanging out, like the corpse of Gollum was hanging out in 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 my in my pipe. And I just had to, it's just like that nasty. I had to spend 20 minutes. And it bums me out when I have to spend minutes cleaning. Um, because I gotta, you know, I gotta hustle and shit. But you want a clean pipe, you don't want a resonated pipe. If you got a resonated pipe, you get headaches. So yeah, that's a that's a lesson to the young bucks, the young stoners out there. Keep your pipes clean, um, and try to smoke glass. I always think glass, glass and wood, but wood resonates really bad. But I did have one really good bowl. It was a Jack Herrera like bowl. They had it at high times when I would hang out in high times at 2007 through 2011 in new york city when their office was in new york city and i would literally would go there like almost every other day at 4 20 to hang out with bobby black and danny danko and all these guys that i knew from writing and doing little shows around town but they were all like kind of my age but it was a good pit stop before i went out to do comedy shows doing sets in the city so that was my move i would write 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 and then I'd break out hit up those guys they usually had the best um and then go hit a show but I don't know how I started talking about that. Oh, I was talking. 
Yeah, shout out to Bobby Black, Danny Danko. They're no longer at High Times Magazines. They're working with another magazine, Leaf, which is, you know, the cannabis industry is exploding. But um, if you don't do it for the right reason or if you're, you're stepping into it, it's a little bit like the gold rush that, you know, it's almost too big. Like if you like the word on the street, if you really think you're going to open up a dispensary and start making money, I don't know. It's a very tricky, but there is a. Uh, I don't know. Each state is different. Each vibe, each scene is different. And the scene changes the change. The scene changes and just people's taste change, I think. And right now, uh, you know, cannabis is getting more and more legal. You hear people about talking about microdosing everywhere. Everybody's microdosing mushrooms. Everybody's trying to get their consciousness uh, aligned. Um, but it takes works on both sides. You still got to meditate. You still got to be a good person. You still got to write. You still got to work out. Um, you know, for me, it's just, this is the vice that the two vices that I've found through my um, blessed life to live this long into 37 years of age is cannabis and coffee. Those are the two things, you know, and I tried tobacco, tried alcohol, um, even some of the harder stuff. I never, I was never a Coke dude. Um, I went down the ecstasy thing back in the nineties. My first time taking ecstasy was at a Jamiroquai concert. I think I've said that a couple of times, but I haven't touched that in shit in years. I haven't even eaten mushrooms like in five years. I will soon just got shit to do. And New York is always running the pandemic, but I will, I do need a good reset, but I, I like doing it in nature. I like controlled environments. Because uh, you're definitely messing with the consciousness a little bit, and I want, uh, yeah, I more or less want to do it for the spiritual and mental health reasons than to be like, yo, let's let's, let's go see the Almond Brothers <laughs> at Red Rocks. I did see the Almond Brothers at Red Rocks, man. I saw the Almond Brothers. Who opened for the Almond? It might have been Widespread Panic and the Almond Brothers. No, I think it was just. I remember just seeing the Almond. We went with a bunch of people, and I was driving cross country. And I had some college friends that was living in Vail and the concert they were going to was the Almond Brothers. And this was like the real Almond Brothers at Red Rocks in Colorado. I saw that show. Um, and I remember, I think I did take some ecstasy that night. And uh, that was like the early twenties. That's when you could slide. The early twenties is really tricky. Cause you're like kind of adult, but you don't want to be. So that's when kind of that hard drug, that Coke scene, all that shit kind of piles into that because there is a lifestyle out there. Um, let me try some of this cannabis. I was going to go in and talk about um, the Biggie documentary. I watched that the other night. I love the Biggie Smalls. I got a story to tell, which is on Netflix. Great, great documentary. Um, I almost have to watch it like three or four times to really absorb it all. Um, it's done really well. The footage, just kind of the mom I love. I love the Jamaican scenes, uh, his childhood in Jamaica and his uncle from Jamaica. That dude, oh man. Um, because hip hop in terms of emceeing and rocking a crowd, you know, comes from the Bronx, but that influence is Jamaican, you know, those sound systems, that sound system culture. I mean, yeah, people pump music everywhere, but Jamaica, like the DJ and the big speakers and the setting up on the, that all, I mean, like 
But I think that there's always been people that play music. There's always the sound selector. There's always, I mean, not always, but you know, that's part of the gig. I, that's, I, I don't know, so I was thinking about like, they say hip hop starts here, but then you can go in, here comes the judge, which is like this jazz tune that came out in the 1950s that has like this total rap style, syncopated, you know, rhyme style, funky beat shit. Uh, chorus and the whole nine like it goes back styles are always there vibes are always there it's the naming of it that comes later and then the categorizing but vibes <laughs> are everywhere um i'm vibing out let's check out some of this like i got a great uh glass chillum um i got my handy dandy microphone uh that's what i do have a handheld like stand-up comedy style microphone going into a little receiver that's how i've been recording this stuff and it helps me because i haven't been going on stage and i was a, i mean i am a stand-up comic i just turned down some gigs in april um still not really ready to <laughs> go out there uh and mix it up with all the droplets Amazing. So yeah, that's CBD and uh, really good sour diesel out of a nice chillum. The thing about spliss, if you get like high-end herb, you just power through them. And the thing about cannabis is like, it, a lot of it's just like leveling it out and figuring out what works for you. Or maybe you don't even want to fuck with it. Um. I do think there's some people that don't. I think there's stuff for some people and stuff for not for some people, and everybody's on their own path. So what what might be good for you might kill the next motherfucker. But I love the Biggie documentary. Check it out. I loved it. The Jamaican like dance hall. I've been watching all these YouTube about dance hall music and dub style and and um yeah, it's it goes deep, man. It's, Jamaica's a trippy place, man. That's where a lot of not all music, but a lot of different music styles can be traced to um dance hall, reggae, dub reggae, ska, um, and hip hop can all kind of go back there can go you know to some of the arrangements and the two turntables and a dj that's kind of yeah where it comes from and so i was studying the you know i was kind of studying all that and then i always liked biggie and i i mean i dude i remember being in dc and listening to in my car like I'm old enough, like I remember when these songs were new. I remember listening to Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit in college in my next door neighbor's dorm room. And I remember being high and listening to it and reading the lyrics because I had this CD, like I think the dude bought it at the bookstore at the college, like because that was like a big record. 
And uh, yeah, like Under the Bridge. And there was like three songs I remember from the early 90s uh, that was huge. You just couldn't, you couldn't fucking getting away from it. Pearl Jam's I'm Alive, uh, Teen Spirit by, uh, by Nirvana, and then Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, these were like huge, huge, like almost like national anthem. Like they were just played every like dingy bar every radio every you know you just heard it every, every party i guess maybe i don't go out and it, it's still like that because people are like oh this gucci man shit or this whatever the new let me think the weekend the weekend's hot and shit like i just remember being at parties when the 50 cent album came out like in the club and i just remember specifically because that was right when i got on last comic standing i was getting on tv I was in LA, I was single. So I was hanging out. I remember being at a party and people were doing coke and shit and there was chicks. And I remember somebody was fucking playing the 50 Cent album like for the first time, the In the Club one and I, that track. And everybody started bugging out. Like people started dancing. It was just a party, party fucking record. Great record. Um, I'm not a huge, like I guess what I'm trying to stumble into is like uh, the gangster crack um shoot him up rap and that's what bummed me out about biggie that he came up in that style but at the same time it was brooklyn and it was the crack epidemic and that amount of money i guess is what the documentary was painting the picture to me because i do remember being young in my 20s and there's just like this there's like this moral thing that you're on like i you know it's just you see people partying, you see people getting married, you see people fucking up, you see get people getting jobs they don't like, um, people making moves they, that are weird. Um, so, you know, selling drugs, for, <laughs> I've seen, I've never done it, but I've, I, could, I could see if I needed to have money, if I got kicked out of my house and the situation was set up like he was set up on Fulton street in Brooklyn. And you kind of knew the neighborhood because I did live in the city and I understand how those blocks work. I understand that, that, you know, it was his group of teenage kids that grew up into being their twenties, the junior mafia and, you know, started selling some Cokes. And then it was the crack world and they started selling some crack and uh, made a lot of money. And, you know, I think even back then police was just turning away. Like, you know, it was just, it, in the city like that was where people people get code people get people do this shit you know it's out there so it's like um that opportunities is hard to turn down so but uh, the art what comes out you know is that just like super violent super but not all of this stuff was super violent like a lot of it was just beautiful poetry i would say that is like natural rhythms of jamaica jazz drummer i love the part the jazz drummer in the Biggie story, um, the jazz drummer, the jazz musician that was a mentor to Biggie, to Christopher Wallace. Um, Cause we were born in the same year. Like when he got those hip, those fat boy tapes, I got those fat boy tapes. Like he was in Brooklyn, I'm in DC, Virginia. I'm not saying, it, but there is something when I know that's what the thing about Ralphie May, he was born in 72. Somebody that was born the same year as me, even if I'm not super tight with, like at this age, like I totally get them. <laughs> I mean, I don't totally, totally get them, but I got, you know, 
you'll just see, man. There's, but then I do like younger cats. I love younger cats. I love, uh, uh, cause they have different people go through different shit, man. People have different scopes. People have different scenes. People have different knowledge and you learn, um, stuff from everybody. Um, everybody you can learn something from, and that's all we're doing. Um, I just got a text. Sorry about that. Shit's moving, man. Um, like I said, I turned down. I, I was asked to do a 420 gig. I won't go into it, but I I don't know. It was a Tuesday and the numbers aren't down. And I'm, you know, I'm not, the VAX isn't real, fully rolled out. As soon as these numbers come down, I mean, it's going to pop off. But we're in that kind of situation right now where it's like something I've learned through meditation is... You have to be as careful at the end as you are in the beginning. And in my youth, I think like I would get something and then I would be like, yo, I'm the man. I don't have to worry about sticking the landing or finishing up or this little thing or, you know, angling like this. Um, but as you get older, you learn that you have to be careful with even like sending the extra email, like, thank you very much, or starting the email, like, I really appreciate this offer, but no, um, you know, setting boundaries, but doing it proper and not blowing people off, you know, just everybody wants respect and, and everybody's just, everybody's fucked up and suffering. So you gotta, you know, you gotta put kid gloves on, especially when you're dealing with business and shit, man, you gotta uh, keep it official, so keep it simple as simple as possible. You know, we're all human beings and nothing makes us more special than the other. And we're all figuring it out. So you got to be a straight up with everybody. And that's what I'm learning now. There is what is and what there will be. And you have to accept what there is, especially in show business, because you're all filled with all these different dreams and dramas and you're fighting people in your mind and you're saying this person's dissing me and you've been thinking they're dissing you for like 10 years and they haven't even thought about you. And uh, so you, and that all takes up so much data, you know, it takes so much data in your brain. So you have to learn to let everything go. And a lot of it's just being quiet and then leaning into the focus of what the fuck you got to do. <laughs> uh, and what I got to do now is, uh, you know, keep drinking some more coffee. This is the last cup of the coffee. I went through um, a great chai tea. I had this great cold chai tea. Uh, my wife gifted me. She looks out for the kid. Um, um, she got this bottle. She was at a friend. They were, she picked up just this bottle and it was like a whole week's of chai tea and you just mix it with milk and you could do it warm or you could do it cold. I was doing it ice. So I just get it like a glass of ice, fill it with this chai tea. And then I would fill it with milk or almond milk. I like almond milk, almond oat milk. Real milk is good. I think with cooking and cheese and shit like that. But like, like for all my coffees, like, and all that, I just don't want those funky stones, man. <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta not, I wanna keep it moving. I need to drink 
Caleb, uh, the last podcast, the Amish farmer, he was talking about how much water. He showed me his jug of water. I know that's an angle. I know cats do that, like underneath their desk while they're working or podcasting or doing whatever they got. They always got a big ass jug of water and they're like, yo, I'm drinking five of these a day and pissing out my ears. And you're like, oh, yeah. This cannabis is great. Um, but I hate I hate like stopping the podcast and then hitting it because then I'm like, oh, no, nobody's talking. Um, that's why I need to start putting maybe some more beats underneath here. Get some more vibes going. I enjoy making the beats on this podcast. I'm working on this music. I'm working on this album. I'm getting more focused. I'm getting more real, like looking into the project, trying. And that's, again, like the biggie. He. Uh, yeah, that jazz drummer and how he taught him how to rhyme and how to create a beat within the melody of the lyrics is just fat and all that, man. Um, man, that's a great documentary. It's like one of those things you got to watch in sections. And that it's real and his mom, that always that bummed me out. And his mom seems like such a, seems like my mom, such a good mom hardworking and just trying to do the right thing and he was just kind of a fuck up and loved hip-hop like <laughs> who can't relate to that shit but as i get older i mean i don't need hip-hop and beats <clears throat> all the time i'm really enjoying the quiet but I also love making music and I love getting in the pocket of the beat. A lot of it's just riding the beat and getting in the pocket. And, and once you find that, it's like dancing. Some people hate dancing. I like it. <laughs> I've always, I've always danced. I dance in the kitchen. I dance making things. When I get happy, I start dancing. Um, what's wrong with that? Um, this coffee's bomb. We're getting down to the last bit. Yeah, that documentary was amazing. Um, I'm stretching, but I'm also doing voiceover auditions. So that's taking an amount of focus. And I've been doing some, um, some, um, I did a couple, what was it? Impressions, which I'm not like an impression cat, but I'm not completely. Um, I used to do, I love Saturday Night Live and I used to love, uh, this guy that did Ronald Reagan, that's, and you go, well, <laughs> you know who had the, oh, well, 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 Ronald, well, uh, that's Reagan, Bill, Bill Clinton, Bill, well, Reagan, Bill, <laughs> Bill Clinton, Bush, Bush, Bill, well, Bush, Obama, what's an Obama sound? Very much. <laughs> I think I got it. Very much. I don't know. Very much. Uh, that's what, yeah. Uh, Obama says very much a lot. Uh, Reagan says, well, a lot. And then uh, Bill says, Bill. Bill just says his name, Bill Clinton. Bush. Bush just, just says his name. I promised myself I wasn't going into politics, man. But I have to say, stop Asian hate. Um, this this uh, Atlanta thing, I know I'm talking current politics and 
fear and scary and guns. I hate guns, man. I never fuck with guns. I've been talking about a will to kill. And I think if you have a will to kill, you're never, the world will never completely, the universe will never completely open up if you have a will to kill. Um, but I do believe you have to protect yourself and sometimes, sometimes shit goes down, but it shouldn't be celebrated. And it should, it should be the very, 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 very last resort. But nowadays everything's out, everybody's gun, 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 and fucking computers and everybody's all stressed out. And it's like, motherfucker. Now we got this dude um, in Atlanta shooting up. And I just want to say, you know, I just do not like where that direction is going towards. And I want to say to all my Asian brothers and sisters, I love you. I love Asian culture. I think the last 10 years without meditation, without a sense of Lao Tzu and a sense of Tibet, um, mentally, I, you know, I couldn't afford therapy, you know, and life is weird and hard and, you know, I'm in show business and, and all of it, you know, so I had to teach myself to meditate and I did that with books, you know, um, from Asia, from, you know, Bruce Lee, you know, um, Chinese culture, meditation, Buddhism, tea, art, culture friends love food music we're all into this together man it's west and east equals we w and e so i just want to say that man i was going to reach out to some of my asian friends but i thought that would be cheesy if i had tried to get them on the podcast it just went down last night and i tried not to absorb media stuff yesterday and then that one really just fucking hit me hard and then i thought about it at night and i just don't like the idea of people getting singled out and minorities and being exposed when you are the minority then you're outnumbered it's like and it's just an awkward weird situation to be it's a it's a power struggle a lot of this stuff is a power trip man People are in love with power. It's it's inducing uh, a sense of su superiority over certain people, which is fucking whack because we're all alone <laughs> and all one. Maybe we're all one and alone in the universe flying through space, but maybe there's other big giant motherfuckers. Uh, infinity is in the moment, you know? And then we have it for a habit and have it and have it, but we have to learn how to um, treat the body good and the mind good and grow and, and spin and dance to it all. Does that make any sense? Or did I've been smoking too much of this, uh, <laughs> this, uh, this CBD. No, I feel great. It's a sour diesel. I do have a, it's a rainy cold day. It can't, can't warm up. It hasn't warmed up. <laughs> But I'm feeling good. I don't want to go negative on anybody. And I have been playing the guitar more. What happened is I lost my electric tuner. I am kind of tone deaf. I used to play violin when I was young. And the teacher told my parents that I was tone deaf. <laughs> but I just think I just didn't have, I just didn't have the attention span. I was, I, you know, you could tell from my mannerisms and the way I talk on this, uh, I can ramble. So sitting there 
in the 70s in a classroom before multi, you know, and just absorbing um, somebody teaching the violin for like two hours. I just had to go to a class for like two hours. The Suzuki book method in North in Southeast DC. This is in the seventies. And they had this, they had this thing in the public school system that where they, they had these awesome like symphony playing teachers teach kids. And I think it was near free. And that's why my parents took me and my brother and sister and I would go but it was on Saturday morning during cartoons and we couldn't watch cartoons. We used to be so fucking pissed because we had that classes last like an hour and a half, two hours. And you're in this hot ass public school classroom and the teachers like you have to hold, like holding the violin is the hardest thing. I'm not talking about country and Western fiddle. I'm talking about Suzuki method violin, holding it and putting it oh, under your chin and then it is it is one of the most but i think i learned a lot about music um because i when i do arrange music or do raps or you know i do i know it's good i know what i like um uh, and i was exposed to like you know violin so i i was exposed to music theory and not even music theory just like learning suzuki method which i don't i don't even remember it's like it's a lot of repetition and numbers and stuff um it's hard but once you get it it's like this high level of playing uh methodologies you know yo uh but i do think from that experience i do have a love for music uh, i've been playing more guitar um i went and got a tuner from guitar center guitar center was open i was double masked um i was surprised i thought guitar center went under i was like that's because that's like kind of one of those big stores and those guitar center like one guitar center this guy like dude they got like 200 fucking grunge band uh 20 something barely making rent uh paying about to break big in the music business people but even the music business is all splintered everything's splintered comedy i can't comedy's all over the place um, comedy is all over the place. Uh, and so is music. That's why I don't think you should be intimidated by any of this stuff. Like now there is a sense of a renaissance. There is a gold rush, a definitely a green rush in cannabis. Um, shout out to Lancashire hemp, man. I like uh, having some CBD with my flower. I would roll a spliff. But I didn't want to spliff out. Spliff out. Sometimes it's good to have a spliff. Um, but it's like cold. And it's. Uh, you don't want the windows up too long. You know. So it's like. One hitters are perfect. Chill them. A good chill them that's super cleaned out. And that's what I did. Shout out to Pokeball. This is what I used. Um, this little. It looks like a cube. That they used to deliver weed in. In New York. I used to have a guy deliver something like this every two weeks, <laughs> sometimes once a week, if it was hot and heavy, sometimes you, you know, you, the mat, as much as you smoke, being a stand-up comic, sometimes I went with how many shows I would do. And then how many uh, friends I was hanging out with when I was hanging out with my California friends, they, they all smoked weed. So you could burn through a bag, but usually everybody had weed. So that was good too. I can't wait to go out to California. Speaking of California, I had an awesome experience 
uh, what was it, Tuesday, I got to do Getting Doug with High. We did a Zoom, my good old buddy, Doug Benson. Shout out to Doug Benson, uh, Lisa, uh, Lisa Glass, and uh, his co-star Rizzo. Um, the great podcast, Getting Doug with High. He's, he's doing it via Patreon. So I did a Zoom with those guys, and I had a blast. But they were all in California, so it's just it's nice to connect with them and the last time I was there, I, I did that. I did a ride from San Francisco to um, L.A. and I got to stay in Big Sur. You can listen to that episode. I'm talking about Big Sur. I remember I got a pin, great vape pin in San Francisco at a dispensary, a one in one. I was so glad they had a one part CBD, one part THC. And I actually asked for that. I said, I want a one in one. Uh, organic outdoor grown cannabis. That's what I want said. I don't want it. I don't want it underground. I don't want the big lamps. I mean, I'll take that stuff. I mean, that's Kush came from all that. Florida was all hydroponic mostly. Not all of it. I mean, it's still pretty hot out there. I'm sure somebody's growing weed outside. Um, I wonder if that's a good place to grow. I'm all about the outdoor grow um to save the planet and i think the electricity bill um has a lot of like lawmakers like that's just like kind of a negative thing somebody could shout down legalization of cannabis because i do think the the bigger picture is global warming you know i think the planet is definitely going to feel the effects it definitely is what happened you know what not to get political but it just when i went to alaska and i saw the side of this glacier and all the like locals are like yeah that wasn't like that like 10 years ago like it's definitely <laughs> and that was like the republicans were telling me that shit like the dude that was driving me around when i was doing this gig in anchorage shout out chill at coots charlie's one of my favorite gigs ever um, but the guy that drove me around, I remember he told me, he goes, you know, I do have a gun. You know, he was, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Um, but they're allowed to carry. I think he, he had to tell me because he was driving me around. Um, and he had it in the car and I was like, all right. Not a lot. Uh, but at the same time, you could run into a bear or a moose. So that's why I'm kind of like not super, super duper liberal on the gun thing. Because I do understand you know, I do understand hunting and protecting yourself in the woods and stuff like that. I'm just against, you know, letting psychos get a gun um, that day and all that shit, you know, just like just tougher laws. Just make sure it's out of the hands of psychos and automatic. I don't need fucking rifles and, and M16s and all that shit. If you it, all the good rednecks out there, all you really need is a pistol and then a shotgun or maybe a rifle like pistol rifle shotgun that type of shit man um if you got one or two or maybe all three um you're gonna be fine i mean it you're gonna be able to protect yourself against most everything that and a fishing rod you <laughs> i wonder if i could survive in the mountains uh if i had a fishing rod a rifle and a shotgun in a pistol, I'd probably shoot myself in a, not, not on purpose by mistake. I'm not good with any of those things. 
Um, but I do like fishing. I love the outdoors and I do know you have to protect yourself. Um, so I don't know, man, love is love. Be kind to each other. Cause the thing is you can get caught up in all this stuff, but I'm like old enough that I have friends that have been dead for like 10 years. So it's like, do people die every second of the day? And do I want to, I, what I really want to do is be good to my friends and help people out and be healthy and then be creative, be musical, be comical, make some money off of that shit. Go on vacation, eat some ice cream by the beach. I never lived by the beach. Well, I did live by the beach in San Francisco. I lived actually like I lived on Ocean Beach where the guy from uh, Sublime, Bradley Knoll, died. I lived a block away from that motel. I lived like right across the street. I lived in this house. There's one dude that I know on Twitter that like he was my next door neighbor, but he was he's a music producer now, but he lived with all these skateboarders. They were cool. But it was such a dope spot, man. I mean, our apartment wasn't shit, but um, it was right next to the beach. Big waves, man. Ocean Beach. On a perfect day in San Francisco, Ocean Beach, it's almost like Hawaii. Like, the waves are like 10 to 15 feet. It's like big fucking ocean cliff-hanging motherfuckers. And usually it's blown out because it's really windy out there. So usually the waves are all chopped off. But once in a while, man, once in a while, you just get this beautiful day where it's not too windy and these big monster waves, like it's near Mavericks. So this is like, this is Mavericks, like junior cousins are rolling up. And that's like right in the city of San Francisco, Ocean Beach and uh, shout out the Beach Chalet you can go to, or there's that Overlook. I did a gig at that the Cliff House. That's a beautiful spot in San Francisco, the Cliff House. It's uh right before you get on route one this big like old restaurant maybe it was a hotel back in the day but it's connected to the cliff and it's near all these stairs and weird russian baths and it's just on this mountain it's crazy and it's connected to the city and it's right where you go right before you jump on route one and route one takes you down to santa cruz and that's what i was talking about i never i never uh lived in a beach town except for that like i've lived in a couple different places i lived in nags had a couple summers or one summer and then i lived and then michigan we did lake michigan and lake michigan there is beaches i'm gonna head up there soon shout out to this bringing this podcast all the way around uh this is zingerman's coffee shout out i'm heading up there soon um I got some family up there and I got to go see them and everybody's getting vaxxed out. So in, at the end of April, I'm supposed to drive up to Michigan. So if you're listening to this podcast and you run a dispensary in Michigan, I'm actually going to be in Traverse city. If there's a dispensary in Traverse city or Lansing, and you guys want me to do a podcast, the cannabis coffee hour, I could do it. I can get a funky guest. I know all kinds of cats. Um, musicians, comedians I could put it on some calls See who's laying around Who wants to do a 420 podcast Drinking coffee
but this is like one of those Seattle days here. It's like, it's like about to rain. It's getting hotter, but that means it's not going to snow. New York is still cold, man. It's still, it's like 30 a lot, 32. Like today is like hot and it's like 41. <laughs> it's like cold as shit, man. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you know, get your sweats on. Uh, I should get out and walk. Like I was doing all these auditions and doing all these. I'm trying to stay focused. I'm writing scripts. Um, and I'm trying to do some of it without smoking. So I'm trying to find that balance. And that's a part of it. But I love doing this podcast. And I do love smoking. But in terms of sticking the landing and pushing some of these, uh, you know, I'm going to put money into some of these music projects. So I, I don't want to fuck around. I want it to be right. Um, and good. That sounded kind of weird. <laughs> uh, not really. I'm just, uh, actually, I do have to take a, a leak. Uh, I have to pee everybody. It's like water. I drink so much coffee and smoke so much cannabis, um, that, uh, I'm starting to get jittery and it's down there. The bladder is there. So I'm gonna think I'm going to wrap it up. You know, I just wanted to get on here and say i love you and stop asian hate and uh check out the new biggie smalls documentary on netflix and check out my album pure uncut joy be nice to your neighbor and get vaccinated if you can and i suggest i don't know i i people hate being told what to do i'm trying not to tell any i'm doing i'm gonna do me you do you but try to do the best you i'm gonna try to do the best me I love you, but I got to pee. I'm breaking out. Peace.